quick note on today's episode. At the end, we talk about the reinstate 48, which was the push to reinstate 48 regional qualifiers to the NCAA championship meet, which has since been reinstated by the NCAA. Now on with the interview. I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, my guest today is Lauren Green. She is a former Volcano Vista Hawk. She is now with the Nevada Wolf Pack. She is um, she was a f- sprinter at Volcano Vista, uh, second in the 200 and first in the 400 her senior year. Also actually a two-time 400 state champion uh, for 5A and is currently ninth on the outdoor 400 list for Nevada and third on the indoor 400 list. So thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. <laughs> Great. Uh, my first question is, how did you get into running? Yeah, so um, my family's always, I have two older brothers, and we've always just done different sports in our life. Um, and I mean, I did like soccer and basketball when I was younger but I remember just like I was always the best at being fast in those sports like that was like what I was the best at so I would um I don't know I remember like joining an after school program in fifth grade that was I don't know I don't even know if you want to call it a track like (laughs) but we just like ran and did different things and that was fun and then in middle school when there was actually um track like for the middle school I, I got into it there and just kept going with it so that's pretty cool and did you know right away you wanted to be a sprinter oh yes yes (laughs) (laughs) and just I was very slow at like running the mile or anything above that so I knew I just had to like be fast at short distances (laughs) (laughs) it is funny kind of though at the at the lower grades at middle school and stuff where the 400 is almost like a distance event were you doing the 400 in middle school as well? Uh, you know what? I wasn't sixth grade, but I, seventh and eighth grade I was. Yes. That's that's pretty cool. It, it is interesting like that, that kind of change in mentality from the one in the 200 to the 400. Like it's it's funny. Like, I mean, even some of my sprinters, um, I don't coach them, but just seeing them like they're like the one in the 200. I'm not I'm not going to run the 400. I'm not going up like. That extra 200 just mentally for them is is so hard. So, you know, what does it take to run a 400? To run a 400? I don't know. Me personally, I try to just like psych myself out a little bit. I mean, you kind of have to to run it. But (laughs) running a 400 to me is just so naturally now that I look more at the 800 and I'm like, what does it take to run an 800? (laughs) And how do you do that? Because that seems a little more ridiculous for my like taste (laughs) so running a 400 is like so like easier like one lap it's over really shortly like it's easier in my head to comprehend (laughs) i you know i will say the 800 is that weird just it's not truly distance it's not truly sprints you have to have enough endurance but you can't really let off the gas like the 800's tough as a tough race 
it is. And I've, I've always wanted to try it in college just for fun. I mean, our coaches let us run some 600s indoor. And even at practice, I kind of enjoy the 600. I wish that was like like a real race, like for, I don't know. It'd be really fun. But I when they do have it in indoors, I think it's pretty fun. But. Yeah, I, I think the, the indoor season, like for me, you know, being in New Mexico, it's we don't really get that that often. So, you know, it's for me, it always just kind of intrigues me. Um, what have you kind of learned to enjoy besides the 600 about indoor? Indoor, I've so since I used to play basketball and then when I went completely to track at, um, my junior year, I think what I missed most was just having the, that loud crowd noise, which you get at big meets. But I think that's one of my favorite things about indoor is having that like camaraderie kind of feeling with all the teams together uh, in just this one indoor area. It's super loud. It's super, you get to watch all the events in one spot. You don't have to walk like <laughs> really far to watch your friend like throw or something or jump somewhere. So it's, I definitely think you build a strong team connection in indoor um, that prepares you for outdoor. Well, that makes sense. And I never heard it kind of compared to basketball that way, but I can see that because you get that that echo, you know, from being inside and, and outside everything, you know, eventually kind of disperses. So uh, that that's a great analogy to that. Yeah, I I used to not like indoor, but I, I grew to like it once you kind of figure out how to work it. You know, it's not simple at first. It's, it's a completely <laughs> different like beast. But once you learn how to run on it, it's kind of it's kind of run, fun to run the 400 um, or a 200 or things like that. I, it, it starts to become more like a puzzle figuring that out. And then outdoors is just kind of, you know, a whole other thing as well. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I want to stay on that topic just for a little bit longer because you, you say that how it's so different and it is like, I'm always curious about the sprinters. You know, I talked about kind of that transition from, you know, 100, 200, moving up to the 400 you know, how mental is it going to indoor? And you know, it's still only a 400, but you're doing two laps instead of just that one lap. Like how, how, <laughs> like yeah. kind of just mentally is that? Well, when you're a freshman or a sophomore, you're just like, oh my goodness, like, how am I supposed to do this like twice? Um, but then as the more mature you get and later on in the years, it's, it starts, it becomes easier. But I guess, yeah, when you first tackle it, it is kind of, you're, you have to really change your mentality because you have to realize, no, it's only a 200. It's not like anything more than that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, so when you started high school, you were out at Santa Rosa. Yes. And so you got to compete. You, you were able to see kind of the difference in racing in that single double A versus the 5a mm -hmm. what what was that like um you know when you between the two differences between the two different levels as you saw it as a runner so i think i was there at just the right time um i think experiencing that from like seventh grade to ninth grade was the perfect time to do it because in middle school i went to like eisenhower middle school in albuquerque and the track, like the doing track in middle school in Albuquerque is kind of just like all over the place unless you do like club track. So I think going to one of those smaller towns for my younger years, they take things like really serious out there for starting from a younger age. Um, even if the talent doesn't get 
that crazy the older you get but from that age it's like very like serious and then you can kind of move up to run with like high schoolers um some districts allow that and not so I think it helped my development um at just the right time because I don't know what I would have actually looked like if I would have just ran regular middle school track in Albuquerque without club track or something of that sort <laughs> do, you, do you think that um it kind of helped kind of develop more of that love for the sport you know seeing it kind of from that connection oh for sure I I definitely I built a lot of confidence um there especially my eighth grade year um running the 400 starting hitting times uh, my coach was Mario Trujillo he definitely helped um my love for the sport there so props props to him for that um and yeah I think um again just starting from a young age there that was it couldn't have been like a better place I feel like so that's that's pretty awesome uh so moving in you know you talked about kind of getting that confidence and then your um ninth grade year you competed at state um did you compete at state your eighth grade year as well no I they didn't allow it that year so okay I wasn't able to move up but ninth grade yes and what was that experience like as a freshman you know you had lived in Albuquerque but then you're at Santa Rosa and, and you were able to come in race on UNM's track you know and and compete against some of the the top runners in that in that division yeah so that was that was amazing because I finally broke a minute my freshman year I ran like 59 and won the 400 for like the 2a champion 2a or 3 I don't remember what it was and that was like that was like the moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't want to stop feeling this. Like, I want to like, I don't want to, I need to get faster. Cause this is like a fun feeling to experience. So. And that's, and that's pretty amazing. And that's, it's fun to have that, um, that growth and that, like you see yourself not only progressing, like you talked about, but also, you know, being successful, like it really can help. Like you said, that confidence and really propel like, like you said, I don't want this feeling to stop. I want to continue this. I want to see how far I can go, which is which is pretty amazing. And so when it was after that point in within your sophomore year that you ended up getting injured. Yes, um, my sophomore year, I was still playing basketball um, in Santa Rosa and I tore my ACL. Um, not no contact, just landed kind of funky and was out for an entire year. So my doctor I know some other people come back a little earlier, but my doctor was very specific about rehabbing and not running for 365 days. So I was not able to jog, do anything for a whole year, which was very rough. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How did you, I guess, stay active and I guess keep motivation during that time? Yeah. So I think, also living in a small town, this kind of helped because there wasn't much else to do. So I was just very strict on my rehab. I mean, I listened to exactly what my doctor said. I was doing rehab like however many times I needed. I was doing all the sets and as like agonizing as it was, I was just there focusing on, okay, how can I like run this time and win state next year or do this? And I remember even being on like Ellip the elliptical in there or something or the bike and just like pedaling and being like okay this is 50 something seconds like you need to run this and like trying to like mimic the feeling of being like at a big meet so 
just try to like mental training mostly. That's honestly what it was, but. You know, I mean, that's important. I mean, so much of running and competing is mental, you know, especially, you know, coming up against somebody who's the same skill level as you. It it really can come down just to who believes that they've got it for that, you know, full 400 or coming down to that last 10 meters or, or whatever it is. It's it is so mental. So that's, that's pretty amazing that you kind of looked at it that way as you were going through that. Yeah, exactly. And when you came back, so your junior year, you, you moved back to Albuquerque and you were at Volcano Vista. And, you know, what was that like, I guess, making that transition, coming back from injury, moving to a higher level as far as um, districting and stuff? I mean, were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you like, I'm still going to try to go out here and win state? You know, what was your thinking during that time? So, yeah, I didn't really have that thought at first. I wasn't really even thinking about winning state, but I was more just excited to get back to running. Um, I think I got cleared that year, like in February, and I had an indoor meet that I went to just to like test out my legs and ran like a 200 or something, a couple indoor meets, the open meets. Um, they have at UNM. And um, I remember my coaches didn't, they knew I was injured. So I don't think they expected like a crazy amount um, from me. But yeah, it was a little scary at first, because you have people trying to like, say things like, Oh, you're coming from this school. Like, and I'm not talking about my coaches, there was just some people in my classrooms who would say things like this, who were like, teaching assistants and stuff. So it would be like, okay, why are you doubting me? Why are you? I don't know. So it very, it like fueled me a lot. And, um, but I was just mostly excited to get back to running. I, I wasn't really even thinking of anything. I was like, I just can't wait to get back to the sport. So. Well, that's a great mindset and, and great, you know, fuel that you're talking about to adding to the fire. I think that a lot of the runners in the state, no matter the level, I think they can move up because the, the competition is what helps push you and so being around people who are better are going to make you better so that's Mm -hmm. pretty amazing that you um we're kind of thinking of that way but again just kind of just happy to be out there I think that's that's (laughs) underrated I think some people just kind of take it for granted and um you know to have that like I'm glad to be back I know what I need to do and I'm going to go out and have fun Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I hadn't, I'll tell you a funny story of how that my junior year went, actually. So I remember running my first race um, that season, and I like, it was just a little 100, and I had won my heat or something, and I was like, wow, like, and me and my family were just excited because I hadn't raced in like two years, and um, and that whole year, I think I was just doing like maybe four by ones, 200, four by two, different relays, and then the I forget what meet it's called, but it's at Academy. It was like oh. my favorite meet every year. Um, yeah, the Harper. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Richard Harper? Is that what it yes, is? yes, that's it. Yeah. It's one of my, that was like my favorite meet in high school. And I remember going up to my coach, Coach Schrader, like that in the hallway, cause she was a teacher. I remember asking her like that week, I was like, hey, can I run the open 400 this week just to like see what happens? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'll put you in. And then that weekend I'd end up running, I like crossed the line and all my friends were running up to me and they're like, you just ran a 56. And I was like, 
what? I was like, I haven't ran a 400 in like two years, like let alone like even anything close to that. The last 400 open I'd ran was a 59, like my freshman year. So I was just like, oh my goodness. And then things just kind of took off from there a little bit. But I mean, a little bit is I think an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> You went on and uh, and won state that year in the 400. And I mean, that had to have been pretty exciting. Again, coming after like not really, you know, doing it for, like you said, almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a, a picture in the, is it the Albuquerque Journal? Is that what the, yeah. the thing's called? Uh, when I crossed the finish line that year and I was I, like, had a fist up and I was like smiling through the line. Like I was just so happy. Like, because, yeah, it was like an amazing feeling coming from that. So, <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I know you were working uh, with Coach Dell over at Ardor, you know, for some of this. When did you start, you know, going to there and tell us a little bit about what, how he helped you, you know, through, I don't know if he was helping necessarily through rehab, but kind of coming back um, and gaining strength. Yeah. So, yeah, Coach Jenkins is amazing. I would not be anywhere today without his training and help and support. So I, when I moved to Volcano Vista, I think I, I had specifically went to that school because um, looking at their track program and seeing they were doing well and learning about Coach Jenkins, I think on Instagram from one of the girls that had ran there. And my mom and I had looked and were like, oh, the pricing, like I, this and that, like, I think I need to go and like start doing this. So he started training me, I think that fall semester when I came in and he was like, oh yeah, you don't need to be doing this rehab that like <laughs> I was doing when I moved to Albuquerque. Like I needed to, I still wasn't running, but I needed to start doing like stronger things to start building myself up. So um, that's, yeah, I think I started that fall when I moved to uh, Albuquerque, back to Albuquerque. And did you continue kind of working with him throughout the rest of your uh, high yeah. school? I did. Yeah, I would. Yeah, every summer, every both spring, fall semester. I mean, I still go back there um, during breaks from college in the summer or if I have time during Christmas. But yeah. Well, that, I mean, that speaks a lot to how much you believe in the work that he's doing, which is, I mean, from the people that I know who have worked with him, that's pretty much the same way they feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coach Jenkins is amazing. It's not just what he, he does too. It's not about what he writes up as programs or things like that. It's just like how much he, he really cares and how much he really believes in you and sees your potential. And I think that was the biggest, um, biggest thing for me. That's, that's fantastic. And I, you know, I think a lot of coaches do that. But when you connect with that coach as well, it just it, it makes that makes the progress so much better, mm -hmm. you know, on both ends for sure. Yeah. And Coach Jenkins was also he was our sprint coach at Volcano Vista as well. So that yeah, that helped too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if you're getting the same <laughs> the same message all around, yeah. it definitely helps. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, going into your senior year, already, you know, winning the 400 once, I know you kind of had some, some big goals. Um, what were your, what was your goal heading into your senior year? 
my senior year, I was just like, I need to run fast enough to get paid for college. <laughs> that's, that's really what I was thinking of. Um, and also, I really, I wanted to try to get out of New Mexico, um, just to try to, to go somewhere different. Um, and see what, see what was going on at other schools. So that was really, I was really running just I want to say like running for my life, but I was like running for my life to try to have a little bit of a new life. So, and also hitting 55 seconds. That was a big thing. I, I would try like that whole, my whole senior year was a little more stressful because I kept trying and trying and then it didn't come until, um, that state meet, but. I mean, that's a great place to do it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Perfect place for it. Absolutely. And, you know, so you ended up at, at Nevada, like you said, you wanted to kind of get out of New Mexico. And I think, I think that's a sen- sentiment that a lot of students in New Mexico feel. I mean, when you're from New Mexico, you're from New Mexico, right? Like yeah. <laughs> you're all your family, all everybody's there. Like, you know, you may have cousins here and there, but you know, the home base is always New Mexico. And so what, what took you to Nevada? Yeah, so um, I went on a couple of visits to different schools, but Nevada school um, stuck out to me. Coach Twiggs was great um, in recruiting me and Coach Scott, who are here, but I think something just felt right about it. It felt like a decent-sized school. It wasn't like just I was going to be another number somewhere at a giant school, but it's also it was like a very competitive Division One like uh, college, and they also have an amazing journalism school here, the Reynolds School of Journalism. So that was, those were like two key things. And obviously my education was very important as well. So that their school kind of stuck out to me um, on the academic side um, before the team did, so. Was there any uh, consideration as far as like still being in the Mountain West and being, being able to maybe come back to race, you know, at some of the UNM meets? So yeah, that, um, I think that just kind of fell together nicely. Um, cause I was also looking at San Diego state a little bit as well. Um, and I wasn't necessarily like, Oh, Mountain West, but it kind of just worked out and like, Oh yeah, I'll be able to go home for indoor My fam- fam- family and friends will be able to see me. So it just kind of happened that way. <laughs> just a little cherry on the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Uh, and you mentioned, uh, coach, tw- uh, twigs and, you know, for those that don't know, um, it's Chantel Twiggs, and she's been an, a world caliber sprinter herself. What's it like having her as as a coach, having that kind of, I guess, mentorship, for lack of a better word? Yeah, Coach Coach Twiggs is amazing. Um, I had never had a women's coach for track and field um, until I came to college, and she's just super motivating she's there for you with your personal life with whether and then with your track and field and she just she honestly just cares and she um yeah she she knows how to work with you with your goals um and work with her with her goals and you really it's a great like cohesiveness that i feel like i have with her um especially after not doing i don't know my first couple years here weren't the best but um (laughs) we've gotten things on track and I think we have a great relationship now. Um, when it comes to my, like running. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, that's that's pretty good. And and you know, I wanted to talk about her because, like you said, I mean, there's not a ton of you know female coaches out there on you know in running. I mean, they're out there, but often not the head coaches. And so I I, I feel like it's important to kind of talk about and and talk about your relationship with that because I'm sure it had to have felt a little bit you know, different having, um, maybe a little bit different connection, I guess. Yeah, it, it was different. Um, at first, um, I'd had women's coaches in basketball, but that was, I mean, it's completely different sport. So I think it's really nice to have her as a coach and get to talk about what she did when she was in college and relate back to issues she might've had and how she coped with those. And just like being a, a strong woman overall, I mean, she, influence she I mean she allows us to do what we believe is right whether that comes to like attending protests or doing certain things of that sort she's just um she's a very strong woman and, and tries to encourage us and build us to be strong women in our world as well that's that's great I mean I think all coaches should do that that's <laughs> that's amazing um you know going back and and kind of talking about that year off after after being injured you've experienced what that was like you know and having to do the injury what was it like for this past year when everything was kind of shut down not due to injury but due to you know yeah everything (laughs) oh my gosh I felt like I was going insane I mean we were shut down during right at the beginning of our outdoor season so I I was at home just running like every morning or doing some sort of workout or just trying to stay fit. Cause I was like, well, I'm usually like really in shape at this point of the year. So I feel like I can't let that really slip that much. Um, I wasn't doing any of the training that I would be now, but I was trying to just stay at some consistent shape. Um, and it was tough. It was cause at first we get sent home and we were like, well, is this going to be like this for the rest of the year? And then it's just kind of this big question mark. And then really, I picked up in July, just my summer training, late June, July, and started getting back into um, our summer training, getting ready for fall. And we didn't really know what fall was going to look like. It was kind of a struggle because neither did like our whole school. So it was kind of a back and forth between, oh, this is what this might happen, or this is what the weight room is like, or this is, it was kind of just, we had to roll with every single thing or, or fight for like our right to do certain things, but it was tough. It was definitely tough. Were you able to kind of take a little bit off of, you know, from when you were injured and knowing like, okay, I know what this is like to kind of have this taken away and be able to use that as motivation as you were kind of staying in shape. Like, I don't want to lose this. I need to make sure I'm ready for when we do get a season. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, and in some way it was almost harder. I feel like when you're injured, you you can push yourself to certain limits, but or you know you, you can't do certain things or else you could get re-injured. So with COVID, it was like, I'm completely healthy and like my body wise and I need to like do something. <laughs> it was almost like harder because it's like, well, what can I do? Like, oh, there's so, a cop kicking me off the track or there's like, I don't know what I can do. So it was a little, I would say a little tougher, honestly. That makes sense. I can see that. I think, you know, a lot of people have, have gone through that. I know on the high school end, 
you know, we've had a lot of kids lose motivation and, you know, different things like, and we've had a lot of, a lot of numbers are down, mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as partici participation wise. And there's again, lots of factors with that, but some of that definitely is motivation. Um, you know, what's that looking like, I guess, at the, at the collegiate level, are you guys at, at full strength? Have you had anybody kind of, I guess, um, not participate i mean i know it's different again because you know you have people on scholarship and they don't have that choice like it's mm -hmm. well i have to do this for <laughs> for school like to keep going here yeah i mean i could say um there's definitely our, our whole team is across the board is probably struggling including myself just motivation a little bit and you just have to especially in the fall semester going into christmas break because we really didn't just we didn't have too much practices um, with each other or too many practices. So yeah, there, there, it was tough, but we really had to just bring, bring ourselves together. And we've, we've done some amazing things as a team, but I'll even say I, I had a tough time these last, let's say like this last month, I, I actually came down with COVID and oh. I was quarantined. I, I had a contact trace at first, so I was on like a seven day quarantine and then I finally came back positive and had another like 10 days added to that. So I was like freaking out. I, that was probably the most mentally like draining part of the this pandemic so far because um, just like not being able to compete with my teammates and pushing the envelope how I had been at practice. And I, I was a mess, honestly, um, in my last quarantine, but um, I don't know. I was able to run last weekend when we went to Rice University in Texas, and I ended up having a, a new PR in my 200 lifetime PR, um, like 2490, which I was long overdue. I should have been <laughs> running that already. But yeah, again, I had to really just retrain my my mental state like, again um, and really build that up stronger to get past like this other barrier. But Wow. Well, that's, I mean, I can imagine that that you were probably freaking out a little bit and having a lot going through your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, that's fantastic that you were able to, to continue and compete at the level you were just, you know, like you said at Rice just recently. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to go back, I guess, before that, and you had run at the Texas Relays. Yes. And I mean, that's a pretty big meet. And then it was on uh, ESPN. Mm -hmm. And so how exciting was that? Oh, that was probably one of the best track experiences I've had so far. I mean, my, my dad actually used to race at the Texas Relays back when he was in college for, um, he ran at Texas Tech. Okay. So it was kind of like, like, oh, like my blood's on this track. Like I need to run fast. I need to like it it was an awesome experience and just being around um a different kind of competition um especially because we tend to stay west and there is i mean there's great competition west but it's cool to see you know race against different teams um back east so amazing it was an, ama an amazing experience one of my favorite meets probably ever <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean i can see why that's that's pretty amazing and i mean obviously you did uh pretty well in that i believe that's the one where you moved into ninth. Yes, I moved um, ninth. Mm -hmm. um, and did you? 
When did you find out that you were on the all-time outdoor list? Um, I, I when I when I finished, I assumed I had to be somewhere on it, um, just because I I know what some of the, most of the times are on there are, and then it's kind of just by milliseconds, and I was like, well, I have to be somewhere, I think. Um, so I kind of I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, that's cool. I mean, again, to to be on a collegiate all-time list is. I mean, I, I don't care what college you're at. Like, that's yeah, that's pretty darn exciting and pretty cool. And, you know, you, you have a teammate there who's, uh, I think her PRs are just a little bit quicker mm-hmm. than yours uh, in the 400. What's it like training with someone that is um, just as fast, if not just a little bit faster than you, like on a consistent basis like that? Oh, no, it's, it's great. Um you kind of, you need that, you know, you, it's, we push each other in different ways at practice, depending on different workouts that we're doing. And it's, it's great to have us each other there because when it comes to a meet, we have to learn how to run with people like that in meets. So it's great to have both of us at practice, I feel, to work with each other. So that's, that's pretty awesome. That's, um, you know, that competition between teammates is, I think, something that is so, so fun and it can go either way like it can be such a healthy thing or such a a not good thing yeah we have a great great relationship and great team i think um, when it comes to that as well that's that's pretty awesome and so you guys when when is your conference for outdoor this year yes it's start uh, we had down there on may 12th so i believe the 13th is the first day um that Thursday, um, I believe that's when like the multis go and maybe some other throwing, maybe some throwing events, but in a couple of weeks, it's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, you know, what's, what's your goal? Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I really just want to do some big things at conference, especially coming off COVID. I mean, I want to, it's my senior year. I want to I just want to go out with the bang, whatever that might be in the open four and four by four. I definitely want to do some, some huge things. So. <laughs> well, we are recording this early, uh, but this episode will come out on May 9th. So it'll be leading up into that. So this will be positive vibes for anybody who's listening <laughs> to this to, to cheer you on for, for conferences that week. Awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that that, that was going to coincide like that. So it works out. <laughs> yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> Actually, it'll come out on Mother's Day. So if you want to say anything to your mom, now might be a... <laughs> oh, yeah. little shout out to Sherry. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you talked about being a, a journalism major. Uh, what, I guess, kind of brought you towards that decision what made you kind of decide like i i think i want to do this yeah so it, it kind of took a lot to get there um i have always been interested in let's see like talking and doing like i don't know i don't even know how to explain it but just <laughs> being not necessarily interviewing but um i don't know i feel like i was always a good presenter in class and different things of that sort and i ended up interning at a radio station one time my junior year or senior year of high school and that was a really cool experience and um 
I just was interested in like a lot of different things. So I liked graphic design. I liked, um, you know, a lot of things are social media based now in journalism as well. So I, I had a big like mixing pot of interest and I couldn't just choose like business or law or something. Like I, I liked too many things. And coming to the Reynolds school, there was like so many options of things you wouldn't even think are journalism classes. <laughs> so I, I actually, I've taken a podcasting class here. I've taken a sports writing class. Um, they have like they have a new like animation class going on there's social media classes to like work on video and there's even like a documentary filmmaking class so the the journalism school had like everything i wanted like art wise like production wise like it was just the perfect combination of everything <laughs> that does sound actually really kind of cool yeah um <laughs> That's something that, I mean, this is something I never thought that I would be into, but I mean, I, I really have fallen in love with it and, and being able to talk to people about this kind of stuff. Like, it's just, it's fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. It is. It's, stories are amazing. That's what gets the world around. <laughs> Absolutely. So you talked about like, you weren't, you know, not really being sure about like the interviewing stuff or that. So like, are you more interested I mean, have you kind of figured that out? Are you interested in the, like the interviewing style? Do you like, are you interested in, in writing? Like what's, uh, where's your interest at right now? So at the moment I've been into um, sports broadcasting. So that's kind of like my, and I know I want to do sports journalism. That's like my main focus. Um, I, I took a sports writing class last semester and I actually really enjoyed it. So I think I'm more into just, um, kind of more independent style sports telling. So whether that's documentary style um, or just abstract telling of sports that aren't the cliche things. I don't know how I'll get there but <laughs> or when that'll be, but that's kind of um, something I'm, I'm interested in. And um, I'm actually next year I'm, or next semester, I'm going to ASU for sports journalism, their graduate program. So. Oh, wow. That there. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Thank you. So does that so does that mean like you're are you going to be competing for them as well? Oh, I'm, I don't know the answer to that yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I would like to use another year. I feel like I wouldn't be able to forgive myself without trying at least. So, well, I will see. We'll see what happens. Oh, interesting. All right, I have to keep an eye out on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about doing the the sports journalism. And I know you were doing a little bit of something with that there at Nevada, kind of as everything was shutting down um, yeah. with the athletic department. Do you want to talk a little bit of, about that? Because I thought that was pretty, pretty fascinating. Yeah. So I um, had a great boss, Nick Beaton, who helped me develop. I, I came to him with a pitch one day to develop like a Instagram TV show called The Wolfpack Breakdown. Um, we just break down sports every week, what happened the previous week, kind of like a little sports center. And I was doing that for a really long time. Um, and I also just help out with the department when needed. So I'll do like live tweeting volleyball games or helping out with Instagram stories for football and basketball and kind of wherever they need me. <laughs> I kind of just lend a hand, but. That's the, I mean, that's pretty cool. And that's a great way to, you know, kind of get a handle on it and, and see what it's, see what it's like. Like that's, 
uh, I think a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, I was very, very blessed to have the people I did here to help me um, get into more hands-on field while, while also being an athlete. So it, was, it helped out a lot. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how how are you balancing or how were you balancing kind of competing, training, schoolwork mm -hmm. and taking on that? <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, it was hard sometimes. I mean, the fall is a little easier because we're not in season. But once the spring picks up, it gets a little a little harder to balance all of that out. But <laughs> it's doable <laughs> for sure. It's a little bit easier when it's a, a little bit of a passion, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's not like something I hate that I have to do. Uh, you know, one thing I always find interesting is how, you know, again, kind of like you talked about, like going through those different seasons, you know, traditionally you're doing indoor and part of that kind of falls under that winter break. And then the, the track season, you know, if you're if you, you know, move past conference and everything, like it's moves into that, you know, once school is done into the summer, you know, what's that like, you know, as a, as a student? Like move it from the spring semester kind of, or just, the yeah, whole? like, or in general, like, you know, yeah. knowing that you're going to be working like past when other students like are normally, like, okay, I'm going home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, since, since last year, we, we didn't have that. Everyone got sent home. It was a little different. But this year, yeah, you're definitely, you know, the weather's starting to get nicer. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm leaving this week. And you're like, like, it, it is kind of weird because it, it gets a little, it's like a, it turns into a little ghost town and all your friends are kind of just gone. And then you, I don't know, I'll be graduating this semester. So I'm kind of just going to be here like, okay, this is weird, but... <laughs> It'll be strange for sure. It, it is a different, I don't know. That's another thing in our sports, just a little, we go off into June, you know, sometimes if you make nationals. So it's, it's another just mental part <laughs> that you have to put together, but it's all worth it in the end. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> Hopefully any of the high school track uh, athletes that are listening to this in New Mexico will, will grab that little nugget because uh, our track season is going into june this year so yeah i mean i'm so, yeah so they are having a season is that i have seen a little bit but i saw more cross country a couple months like february but yeah so we just but. um cross country was was pretty short at least for mm -hmm. 5a some of the uh, were i guess not 5a albuquerque schools um okay. some of the other schools had a few uh, a few more meets we were we were able to get one meet and then there was state so it's basically just district and state Mm -hmm. uh, and then we moved right into track preseason and this last weekend were the first track meets, which is wow. kind of crazy. Cause I think it, this is the, you were talking about the, um, the Albuquerque track meet, uh, Academy mm -hmm. track meet. And I, I got a, uh, memory on my, one of my phone apps and it was like from that meet, I'm like, Oh, we're, <laughs> yeah. And we're just getting started. So <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be tough for, for the high school students to go a little longer like that. But I think the ones who are doing it are probably just grateful to even be running. So that's that's exciting to see. I'm glad they're, they've got that started up. I was a little worried about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think they were as well. So it's um it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. But it, it'll 
we'll make the most of it. I think every every school is going to make the most of it, and and the kids are going to have an opportunity to compete and have as much fun as they you know put into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, It'll be a little warm in June, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, maybe put down some faster times or something. You know, no no cold, no wind. The Albuquerque wind and. <laughs> Or New Mexico wind in the springtime is brutal. brutal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how how fun was that? You know, running a four hundred in some of those uh, those gusts that we get in, you know, late April, early May. Yeah, in high school, I didn't even. You don't really think about it until you move out, and then you're running somewhere else, and you're like, "How did I even like? What was I thinking? How did I run in that?" <laughs> right, because it never seemed like. The tailwind never helps you out as much as, you know, <laughs> it hurts you when you're running into it. Oh, yeah. And I know some, oh, man, I, did you run a community at all? I did run it. That's on the west side? Yeah. Yeah, I ran a community quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I couldn't remember when, when it was built exactly because it's, yeah. you know, still pretty new. But it always seems like the wind always comes in right down that home stretch. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what what time of day, yeah, yeah, it, it's rough. <laughs> it just swirls and just hits right there. Just, I feel like uh, Rio Rancho's track always had some of the worst wind, but I think it's because we went there early on, like in March, so it was like prime time. <laughs> the real the Rio Rancho Rustbuster, the first uh, you yeah. the first meet, yeah. Yep. And and their track just sits on that little hill, so it just hits everything. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'd be lucky you didn't run distance because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Running in that in two, four, eight laps is not fun. No, no. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, you talked about, you know, wanting to do some big things at, um, conference and where is conference for you guys this year it's in um if fresno hosts it but it's in like clovis california at the buchanan high school track it's where they have the california state meet so it's a pretty high quality track that's um it's it's a great track fast track for sure that's pretty awesome and so um like i said this will be coming out during that week and so you know definitely going to be cheering for you trying to check it out (laughs) anybody that's listening to this obviously hopefully will be cheering on all our New Mexico runners um, because it's fun to watch everybody kind of Mm -hmm. go out there. You know, what was it like making that transition from high school to division one? Because New Mexico isn't really known for their sprinters, but running in general. We're not really known for a whole lot, I guess, outside of the state, except for (laughs) Chile. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. I came in, you know, running the 55-3-2 out of high school and coming in and I was expected a lot of big things out of me. And I, I don't know what happened. I just didn't have, there was probably just a lot going on transitioning into living in dorms and different things in life. And I just wasn't able to hit anything remotely close my freshman year, sophomore year, kind of, but things didn't really click, um, in my head until junior year, I just was tired of <laughs> feeling uh, bad all the time about myself. And I wanted to kind of really drastically change that um, no matter how that was, because it's different training, different. I, I think that's another 
thing people aren't used to. So I really, I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to my mental state. That's, that's what really um, changes things, whether that's COVID, my injuries, um, transitioning to college. I think it's all about your mental um, more than people think. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's definitely, I think there's so many capable athletes out there and it, it really does come down to, it sounds cliche, but <laughs> it really it does. does. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they always say, but it, it is so true. I mean, there's so many people who are doing the same workouts, the same, um, you know, everything that you're doing and, it's just that that difference in in believing in what you're doing and believing in that coach and and believing in yourself and not getting down on yourself, which is can be very hard as you've talked as you've talked about. Yeah, it, it can. And whether that's mental, you know, people go through a lot of things, whether that's relationships, family issues, um, track and field issues, school issues. It's all kind of a like NCAA athletes deal with a lot and i i think it needs people are starting to talk about it more but um it really does come down to it you know it's it's okay to see a sports psychologist it's okay to do all those things because in reality you need to need something to help out with um different things in your life if you want to succeed in different things so i think that's a great message i think you're so right i mean it's hard enough for a lot of students just to transfer to the workload of college, much less the workload of college and being an athlete, you know, because I mean, you know, in high school, so you were putting in probably two hours a day at practice. And then, you know, however much, I don't know how often you were going to Ardor, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that commitment time definitely jumped when you went to division one yes there's yeah when i think back in high school i always tell people i'm like i don't even remember much of high school i just remember like running track and like <laughs> sports and i had uh, like great grades but i don't remember much of my classes i i don't or many of my classes um i do yeah jumping to college it's a completely different workload and not just with track and school but there's like little things in that you know you've got to see you got to keep your body healthy so you have to see your trainer and get treatment and recovery so many times a week and then you're also talking with your advisor or getting in study hours if you're maybe a freshman or if needed so there's a lot of extra things to go in where you just have like zero time to do anything right it's a lot well and you didn't even talk about you know nutrition I, you know the college student oh, yeah. who's who's eating just ramen or this and that and if you're an athlete I mean you got to make sure you're really <laughs> yeah <laughs> making sure you're on top of that or you're not you're not going to be able to compete either it's um it's a lot yeah there's a lot to think about <laughs> <laughs> it's a definitely huge transition yeah but... well I mean I know you talked about it taking you a, a couple of years <laughs> to get used to it but you know I think again, you're seeing, you're seeing the fruits of that now you're, you're putting together a, a, a pretty good season. And I know you want more and, you know, hopefully, you know, getting sick there for a little while doesn't derail those plans. But, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, you came out and, 
and just had a, you know, a good 200. So, um, you know, again, good, good luck. I think this is a kind of a great spot, a great place to kind of wrap up. Um, you know, I want to ask the last question that I ask everybody <laughs> that I warn everybody about before we start talking. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, what are you listening to to kind of get pumped, get motivated, get ready for your workout or your day or whatever? Yeah, so at um, at track meets when I'm warming up, so I start off with more chill music that's not like, it's not super hard or crazy, but it's enough to like, it's got a good like bass going. So that can be, that can range from like, I listen to a lot of Gunna. I listen to a lot of Kendrick Lamar. Who else is on here? There's, um, there's like little baby. There, there's a lot of different, <laughs> like, but typically like rap. Um, and then, then I go on to like a little bit, like similar, the same artists, but just like, they're more like upbeat songs that get you like crazy. So, um, yeah, my warm up tends to like ease into the music a little more. So I'm just not like wired like an hour before my race. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And you yeah. know what? I got to ask you because I've always, you know, as a distance, I mean, that's kind of my focus. That's what I coach. And, you know, we tend to kind of take a little bit longer warm up you know, how long when you're kind of doing that, how long does that warm up kind of take you? Yeah, when I'm warming up for, I guess, any race, um, it's usually I warm up, I start about an hour before. So I, I typically give myself a whole hour so that I can do my running, a little bit of running, but then a lot of that hour is like extra time to do like, if I need to see my trainer real quick, if I need to make a couple bathroom breaks, um, it's all just a little bit of extra padding. Um, so I can space out my warm up. So it's all, yeah, a hodgepodge of different, <laughs> different things going on, but just, just like to have a comfortable amount of time, um, to do a lot of different things if needed. That's great. How long did it kind of take you to kind of figure out your warm up like time frame, or is it something that was kind of built in with coaches? Yeah. In high school, I don't even remember how I would do that but in college our coach kind of like talked to us about um doing about an hour before or she would talk to us individually to be like okay when are you gonna start warming up oh maybe you should start a little later or oh maybe you should do um earlier so you have time for this so definitely coaches helped with that <laughs> that's awesome that's good to hear so once again thank you again for your time really excited to see you know what the rest of this season uh, holds for you and and the future i'm excited to to see you know whether you're, you're running some more next year or you're, if you're pursuing more of that journalistic stuff and and where that takes you i think um i think it's awesome i think it's so helpful to have you know so many voices and different kinds of voices you know in in sports to talk about the different issues because i don't think i don't think that's stated enough sometimes how narrow uh, the voices are out there. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But yeah, th thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Um, hashtag reinstate 48. <laughs> That's all I have to say. About that. I, you know what? I am. I apologize. I did mean to actually ask you about that because. No, yeah. yeah. That's okay. That's totally no, I, that is a, um, that's a big deal this year. 
yeah um we're i think we're every school's working on having a voice on getting that in action i you look at every other sport that's had a national championship this year we're the only sport that's really cut this out from ncaa not mentioning like the nit or something from basketball because that's a separate tournament but the a national championship like caliber championships i um, for prelims i just we really need to get it back to 48 it's just I think we have the proper COVID guidelines now and are in the right spot to be able to do that, especially from being in the states where these meets are going to be held, like in Texas, for instance, where West prelims will be. Um, it would make sense to bring it back to the extra 12 athletes. So, I, I And that's I think that's the key point there. It's 12 athletes. It's... Yeah. Um, non-contact outdoors outdoors (laughs) you know where it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the fact that you have a basketball tournament a major basketball tournament indoors with people physically (laughs) bumping into each other using the weight room right and And did not and didn't limit anything uh it is um I will, I agree with you on that for sure. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So <laughs> I just hope our sport can gain a little more respect back compared to the other NCAA sports today, <laughs> which I think it is, but this would be a major uh, decision for that as well. I, I agree. Absolutely. So, yeah. all right. Hashtag. Hashtag reinstate 48. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again and and good luck. Yeah, thank you so much again. Yep. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime... Keep running, New Mexico.